Lucas Tigers and Bronze is brought to you by Hybrid Grading Approach. HGA is revolutionizing the industry by implementing software that will allow them to scan, analyze, and grade cards without subjectivity. This allows for consistent and unbiased grading. They have an easy submission process and best-in-class customer service. Their pricing model is simple. Pay by the day, not by the value of the card. And when they say 10 business days, they mean 10 business days. Click, click. I'll try so not to click, click, click. Welcome back to an episode that I think is going to be educational. I think it's going to be enlightening. And I think it's going to be fun. Uh, these are guys who I've known at a distance for quite some time. Uh, and this is the Dallas Card Investors. And we have Jason from their team here today. And I'm really excited to get to know a little bit of like, you know, kind of how the sausage is made, a little bit of behind the scenes of what this business is all about. Sure. Because I think we've all heard of Dallas Card Investors in the last year and a half. It's a, it's a very respected brand in the hobby. Thank uh, you. But I think a lot of people are out here asking, you know, what do they do and how can they utilize what you guys do? And right? Matthew Ogonahay was in a movie about them, right? <laughs> that's right. Not, not, uh, not the same Dallas Card. I think that's a Dallas Buyers Club. Oh, um, see, I, close. I, you know, yeah, close. I just assume Dallas, it's all the same stuff. No, yeah, we'll, we'll hire McConaughey, McConaughey anytime he wants to come he's, out of the office. I think um, he can play you. He's I, think, I think it's a good yeah. mix. I, mean, that's, I think, that's I think exactly he can play right. you, but the backward hat on, that's it, man. Perfect. Well, Sorry, all, Andrew. Thank, thank y'all. You can't make it a minute. <laughs> uh, we appreciate it. And, and like you said, Andrew, uh, just being, you know, friendly with you guys at arm's length um, the past 18 months. Uh, really excited to, to get on the podcast and, uh, you know, kind of share what we're all about. Um, so again, you know, Dallas card investors, we are a premier grading company, uh, in the hobby space. Um, that's something that we take pride on is going to be our grades, um, that are extremely, um, consistent to the condition of the card. Um, not necessarily what that card brings in the market, um, value, value kind of be damned. We're going to grade your card, no matter the condition, um, we're going to assign it a fair grade based on its condition. Um, uh, the kind of to dive into the history of DCI a little bit. Um, we started off as a group submission program. Uh, I think a lot of people are probably familiar with Dallas Card Investors as a group submission program. Uh, we were one of the largest PSA dealer accounts. Uh, we have done over 40, 50,000 submissions to PSA and Beckett, respectfully. Um, all that coming in the last two years. Um, a service that we like to provide on the front side of that on our group submission program uh, was, was something that is just known as raw card review. Um, I think people are familiar with the service that we offer now um, and, and almost uh, treat it as a way to see where their card stands condition-wise before sending it off to a true, um, one of the main two grading companies, PSA, Beckett. Um, but Jason, so, if I could just stop you there, because that's a huge moment. Like when yeah. I first came into the hobby, absolutely, um, I had no clue what I was doing. Sure. And through good fortune... I met one person, I want to give him a shout out, Rick Shin, uh, yeah. Gem City Sports Card, who I would send all of my raw cards to him. Yep. He would review them two, three bucks, which I thought was just a steal. Right. He would review them and he would prep them, right? New penny sleeve, new card saver. That's super important, right? Just how you present the cards. Absolutely. And, and he also saved me so much money from subbing a card that, you know, on the surface looked like a nine but it would have ended up being a five because there really are true professionals. Absolutely. So I, want to, I want to make that point r r really clearly here. 
you guys probably got, you know, 50,000 worth, 50,000 cards. You had so much data to see, oh, our nines are truly PSA nines, you know? You, That's you correct. Could, and so. yeah, I pr probably got a little confused there. Um, I was going to say the, you know, the group submission program really allowed us to track our accuracy with these grading companies, whether it be nine and tens from PSA, nine, five, 10 from BGS. Um, the historical data, just running that many subs kind of gave us the ability to line up and say, hey, the cards that we're reviewing um, and that we say are nines and tens, or we're going to send a PSA. We could then, you know, when that card came back, identify, hey, we reviewed this as a nine or a 10. It came back as a nine or a 10. Um, and we've kind of then built our accuracy rate with the two companies um, around that number. Um, it was somewhere around 90 to 95%. Um, based on the specific company, um, a little bit higher for Beckett rather than PSA. Uh, we find that they're a little more consistent um, with the condition of grading on their cards. Um, but somewhere in the 90, above the 90% range was our accuracy rate for those raw review cards that we ended up submitting. Um, and this is kind of how we developed our grading scale uh, for our Dallas card investors grades. Okay, do you remember you asked me this maybe two weeks ago, three weeks ago? You asked me a question. Usually I'm the one asking most of the questions to you. But you asked me this question. You said, where do you think group submitters are going to be in five to seven years? Do you remember that? Yeah. I think this is, I don't want to say that this is where all group submitter is, but I think you guys are the benchmark for what a group submitter can become, right? Because you have all of this data. You have this huge customer base. Sure. And there is tremendous opportunity. So I'm curious, how did you guys go and when did you guys go from being a group submitter to BGS and PSA mm -hmm. to seeing a need and opportunity in the market and capturing it? When, when did this shift happen? Um, I would say that it happened this year around March, um, which is probably, you know, familiar timeline for a lot of people in the hobby is when PSA kind of increased their price and shut down lower levels, uh, anything below Super Express, I believe it was at the time. Um, that what that really allowed in that in that order, by the way, guys, just to, just so people never forget. Yeah, right. Right. Um, I think that uh, I think that that really allowed for a need in the hobby for cards to be reviewed that were not necessarily worth sending in for Super Express, um, if that makes sense. Still plenty of rookie cards out there. Um, I know baseball specifically, you know, I'm a big baseball guy. Um, whenever, whenever those new rookies come out, you're always wanting to collect the rookies. You want to get them in a PSA 10. Um, those cards, as they come out, generally are 5 to $10 cards. There's no reason to pay $300 to get them graded. Um, you know, so uh, Dallas Card Investors, what we were um, excited to be able to offer was a, a turnaround time um, of the same day turnaround, whether it's at show in our, or in our office um, for $10, you can see where your card stands, no matter the value of the card. Um, you can bring us a, a $5 card, a million dollar card, and we're going to grade it. It's going to cost you $10. Um, you know, it's it, again, if that's where you want to leave it as the final product and in, in, a, in a graded Dallas Card Investors holder, um, so be it. We've seen a lot of our customers turn around and sell their cards with DCI grades on them for a, um, a higher price than the raw. Um, a lot of times those customers would then say, okay, hey, maybe I've got a card here that's worth sending off for $300. Now I feel comfortable spending the $300 based on 
the ten dollar review up front um, to kind of gauge where I'm at condition wise. Um, so I'd say about March about March of 2020 was the uh, the start of that for us. I got. I'm curious. I have a million questions. Cage, feel free to jump yeah. in here because you you are a PSA snob. Cage doesn't send doesn't grade cards anywhere else. I it's love- not true. It's not true. <laughs> Not a hundred percent true, but I'm 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 a snob. So I guess my my question really is probably again I try to do this if I'm if I'm listening right. It's the first time sure. I've ever heard of DCI, and I'm you know I'm I'm out there listening, and I'm, I'm saying to myself, there's like 19 grading companies now. Totally. Literally, I think that's I mean there might be more because this week there might have been three more that that popped up right. in someone else's backyard. Right. Um, and um, how do you sustain? any type of actual demand for the product that you have uh, one while a new competitor pops up literally every week. And two, when you know that in a matter of time, the big 800 pound gorilla will reopen and clearly right. take away some of the demand. I mean, if all oh. the movie theaters closed, it's easier for you to show some movies on your backyard you know, screen and charge people a buck to come in because that's the only place they could see a movie. Totally. But when the big chains open back up and they got the popcorn and they got all the bells and whistles over there and they're showing all the big budget, you know, movies, how does the backyard cinema stay open? I guess that's where that's I would question. be. No, and I think you're, I think you're, it's an appropriate question to ask. Um, I think in the last 18 months, we've, like you said, have seen 15 to 20 grading companies pop up seemingly out of nowhere. Um, I think the, what separates DCI, Dallas Card Investors from those, say, new, grading companies is that we did not start off as a grading company. Um, I think our track record as um, an accurate group submitter over time really helped establish credibility with our grading scale um, and the grades that we are, you know, the product that we're delivering um, for the price point, if that makes sense. Um, We've had, um, you know, a lot of return customers is going to be another big thing for us. People who do give us a chance um, for $10 versus the existing um, well-established grading companies, they see that the value is there, um, that either, Hey, they, these guys said, my card is going to get a seven and it's not worth, um, sending off for the $300 or the $150, um, to one of these other grading companies. Um, and, and, you know, kind of saving you that money that way upfront to, um, to not have to go and pay, you know, the extra, uh, the extra couple hundred bucks. But, um, we've also seen it as a way of, Hey, I'm, I'm comfortable with um, Dallas Card Investors 10 being a 10 across, you know, from any of these, from any of these other companies, if I were to send it to them um, and, and the market, you know, obviously on the secondary market is, is catching up to that as well um, as we, as we get more of our grades and things out there. Um, and that I think just takes time to kind of build that reputation. But I think our end goal would not be to, completely replace either Beckett or PSA, anything like that. I think there's just, um, you know, room for more uh, competition in the space and in, in probably, you know, whether it be another option, um, somebody, you know, people's preference, things like that. I just think that as the hobby continues to grow, um, there will just be more options and, and uh, opportunities. So- So you, we started off, I mean, obviously that's the top line answer, right? So my question for you is what's different? What's DCI bring that the other 18 companies that are doing this are not bringing? What's different? Obviously top line, it's $10, 
So right. that right off the bat is, is you know, right. that's the, the, there's your in, foot in the door, get people in. It's not, you know, thousands of dollars, it's 10 bucks per card. That's exactly yeah. right. I would say another thing that's going to separate us is going to be the holder. Um, you know, I, if you're familiar with Beckett raw reviews, it's going to be in a card saver one um, with a tamper proof label over the top. And that's kind of how we, that's um, the product model that we use. It's not going to come in a hard, we are launching slabs, hopefully, uh, by the end, the middle of 2022, uh, we're going to have that feature. But as of right now, we just have our, our $10 graded card option. Um, it's going to come in a card saver with our tamper proof label. Um, you know, that kind of gives people the safe, you know, peace of mind that if you get a card graded from us, people aren't going to switch it out um, and go sell it like that with the void stickers and all that. Um, there are tamper proof measures that we take um, just to keep the card safe and, you know, tamper free. Um, another thing that we're going to add in our process is on the um, transparency side of things, um, you will be able to, our, our slab, um, when it does come out in hopefully the middle of the year, we'll have a QR code to where you will see um, markings that our graders are going to go through on the screen and be able to kind of pinpoint the corner and say, hey, this is a soft corner. This is a, an edge damage, you know, damaged edge. This has got a scratch on the surface um, and actually be able to input that information onto a, onto a, a photo or a video review of the card itself. Um, that QR code, you'll be able to scan and, and pull up a little 10 second video um, and say to see what our graders are actually seeing um, as they review the card, if that makes sense. Uh, so you'll be actually, you'll get your card back from us in theory. It says, hey, I've got a DCI nine. You, you know, do the QR code on the back of the slab here's why you got a DCI nine. The video is going to explain, Hey, here's the soft corner. Here's what we saw on the surface. Here's this, 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 it's not just, Hey, you got a nine here. You know, you got a nine. Cage, <laughs> um, I think it's similar to what we're seeing with the marketplaces, right? We've been talking about this <laughs> the last week, you know, we're seeing a like kind of decentralization of all of these places to buy and sell cards. I think yeah. the same thing with grading companies and, and you're right. Like there are 18, <laughs> But the competition isn't necessarily, you know, okay, it's five card companies and it's done. It's the cream will rise to the crop. Uh, the cream will rise to the top, right? Right. And yeah. I think what DCI has going for them, very few other grading companies that have popped up in the last year have done, right? They've grown organically from just, you know, reviewing people's submissions, getting a ton of data, having the proof is in the pudding they had this this customer base the thousand true fans like we always talk about sure and then just scaling up slowly versus many other grading companies that have popped up in the last year they came out of nowhere right they have no track record they have no reputation they have no customer base i think that little differentiator might not it might seem so subtle but it's a big deal they've been doing this for two years and then the last part is and you guys are a little stealthy I think the label actually is is a good representation of you guys. Sure. Very stealthy. You guys move in silence. You're not big like hurrah, hurrah. You just execute, right? And a lot of people don't realize the backing, the founders of the company are very mm -hmm. successful, very intelligent businessmen. Uh, That's correct. Who, who know the card world very well, who've been in the card world very well, and have also run and scaled businesses. Correct. Yes, sir. Um, and, you know, just to touch on their background a little bit, Bradley's our founder. Uh, Bradley Crenshaw's his name, extremely successful businessman. Um, he was a former card shop owner as well. 
Um, so, you know, decades of hobby background uh, and experience um, in his corner as well. Um, you know, it's something that I think you touched on a little bit. Um, I think maybe people associate us still as a group submitter um, and it's something that as we were building our reputation for group submissions, um, as we pivoted, you know, kind of our business strategy and, our, and the way that we were going to run with the business, I think it's just kind of taken a, um, a little bit of catch up for, for the general public to understand kind of the direction that we're moving versus, um, you know, where we started versus the, you know, the direction that we're headed in now um, with, with grades and slabs and just be becoming one of those premier grading companies in the space. Um, as opposed to the Dallas card investors guys who are buying and selling or, you know, running group submissions, things like that, just doing the, the review. Um, I think it's, we've had a little bit of a uh, transition, I guess, um, you know, transitory period to where now we are, you know, trying to, you know, push this grading as hard as, hard as we can, um, drive in, drive in the submissions, you know, as much as, as much as possible and really just, um, you know, push that DCI grading name out there just to be on, on, on par with PSA and BGS. And that's, you know, that's our ultimate goal is just, you know, to be another, another big player in that space. And, um, I think it's become, um, kind of a new thing for people to hear us, uh, approach it that way, because like we said, we, you know, at first started off with so many kind of different ventures and, um, group submissions, you know, buying and selling of cards, stuff like that. Uh, but now we are just, you know, we've, we're all in on grading and that's, that's the direction we're taking this thing and we're going to hit it hard and run full speed at it. And, and like you said, it's tiered grading too. No one else does that. And, um, what I mean by tiered is I remember when I first went to a show, it was Westchester in 2020, sure. yeah, January, 2020, the line for RCR cage was, was out the door. And I, I don't remember it was 10 bucks, 15 bucks. I don't remember what it was, but it, it was cool because here you are, you could get your card. It, it, it reviewed it to the point where it gave a data point to the collector myself to know, do I send this to PSA? Do I send this to BGS? Do I just sell it raw? Right. Like in the RCR. And it provided a lot of information for me for, for a small amount of upfront cost. And not a lot of time. So would you say right now, Jason, that the you know at least for what we're doing, it's it's like pre grading, especially with PSA close. Like people are using it as it's ten bucks to make sure I'm not wasting 150 or 300. That's correct. Yeah, a, a lot of times you know, and so we offer it um, as just from from DCI. We push it out as our own grades, right? So that the DCI grade that you receive back from us is our final product. Um, we've seen people with that product, you know, sell at a multiplier based on the the value of the raw card. But we also have seen a lot of people who will pay that $10 on a card to that they're unsure of the condition. And like you said, um, you know, if we maybe say, hey, this has got a big surface scratch, well, then they now know they can go turn around and sell it raw instead of put more money into it to try to maximize their return. Um, and time, right? And time, time is a huge thing, man. People right. don't realize this. Like, think about all the cards sitting at PSA. We, we think about the grading cost, but we don't think about the risk associated with holding an athlete who's playing every right. single day who could get injured. Michael Porter Jr. Who? Otto, Otto Porter Jr. went off for the Warriors. Yeah, Otto Porter Jr. <laughs> He's good, man. Yeah. Uh, so just to, just to touch on the turnaround time a little bit, um, we do set up at shows a lot of times. Um, 
something that we've seen our customers do is um, they'll bring us a stack of 50 to 100 cards and we'll have them reviewed, graded, um, and back in their hands by the same day at that show. Um, we've seen people turn around and sell those cards at that same show. You know what right. I mean? They'll, they'll turn around and sell them that same day. Um, oftentimes we'll have people walk around and pick pick out stuff through dollar boxes, bring it to us and say, hey, I, you know, I bought this for a dollar. I'm going to get it reviewed for 10 and, and you know, and a, and a PSA 10 is 150 bucks. So, you know, they, but they weren't uh, confident in the uh, condition. They paid the $10 to, um, to kind of get it checked out at the show right in front of them. They'll have it back in their hand in about 10 minutes. Um, they can make that decision then, hey, maybe I just go get it raw, you know, sell, sell it raw, get rid of it. Or, uh, hey, it's in good enough condition that I think I could, you know, spend the $150 to, to profit on this card. Um, and, and like you said, it's, it's a pr about providing information in real time um, to the collectors. And it's something that lets you know where you stand just right away um, and allows you to make, you know, um, to make that decision, whether or not you want to use another company afterward. Great. Um, but, you know, our product is, is we just want to provide you with a very accurate condition, you know, detailed, con you know, outline of the conditioning of your card, basically with that grade. With a so, much faster turnaround, I'm sure, because of much it. faster turnaround. Real quick, guys. So what we did, and and honestly, generosity from uh, the Dallas Card guys and Jason here. So I'll put this up on the screen. If you guys are listening on uh, on audio, you know, Spotify or or Apple, it's the Card Investors. So go give them a follow on Twitter. We're doing a giveaway. So we're going to be picking two people. We're going to be giving away five submissions, free, completely covered by this gentleman here and his team. We really, really appreciate yeah. it. All Absolutely. you guys have to do is follow them on Twitter, Decard Investors, and follow us on Twitter. Most of you guys are, but Luca Tiger LeBron on Twitter, that simple. If you're watching on YouTube, it's right here on the screen. We're going to be picking someone in the next, we'll say by Friday. Yeah, uh, We'll pick someone. We'll pick two people, five submissions each. They'll send their cards, completely covered. And you guys will let us know what's the experience like. Did you enjoy it? Did you not enjoy it? Uh, I think you're going to be overwhelmingly pleased because it gives you a tremendous amount of information uh, for a low cost and a quick turnaround. And that's what we want, in my opinion, as uh, as sports card investors. And guys, while you're out there, if you happen to be one of our one of our <laughs> our fun fans who listens to our episodes immediately upon dropping, um, this will be up there. You know, probably 8, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Um, if you're listening to this now and you know, we're about a half hour into it. So it's eight thirty, nine o'clock Eastern time today, the day this episode drops, there is a cool, um, example of DCI's cards on eBay ending tonight. It looks like it ends at approximately 1130, 1131, um, um, oh, maybe even 1231. So into, into Tuesday, Eastern time. So 1231, um, can't do math. It is an Upper Deck LeBron James Rookie Threads Quad Patch card in DCI 8 grade. Nice. Um, and nice. I bring this up, one, because you take a look at the, you know, how they hold it. It does look a lot like the, you know, RCR that Beckett does. But, sure. you know, obviously a cooler label. It's got, you know, the black and gold. You know, you got the, it's got the 8 and gold. Um, and this is currently, it's got one bid. I mean, look, guys, remember, it's just one data point, right? So I'm not saying this is any kind of slab stocks or right. card ladder analysis being done here. You know, do your own research and all the financial advice, baloney, blah, blah, blah. 
But this card, even though it says Rookie Threads, that's the name of it. I'm pretty sure this card's from 0809, not a 2003 card. It, rookie Threads was the name of the brand. But if you look right now, this has got a bid on and it's up to $400. There's an SGC 9 available by it now for less. Three and change. Well, yeah. So somebody is, uh, somebody's got this one here with the DCI 8. And it's bid up more than an SGC nine that's currently sitting on eBay. I mean, again, one data point. Sure, sure, and and I, but I appreciate you. I appreciate you pointing that out. I, something I'd like to just mention. Um, if you if, if you're interested, um, we have a lot of a lot of DCI graded card listings, not by us. Um, they're not our own cards yeah. that we're putting up there, but um, our customers have put out onto the secondary marketplaces such as eBay. Um, there are comps out there. Uh, a lot, you know. Obviously, if the card is more common, there's probably a DCI comp out there for it. Um, we're really, we're really proud of the multipliers that the grades are bringing on the secondary market. Um, that's something that is just a, a credit to the the accuracy of the grades that we've been giving yeah, out. This card's not yours. It's an eBay seller with some, you know, some good feedback, and you know, right. they're they're selling the car. I'm trying to see where they're located out of. You know, <laughs> it's right, right. It's not the easiest thing to show. Like you know, if they're in Dallas, um, but but I mean, it's just one that caught my eye because there are, um, you know, there are there are, yeah, they're Mission Texas, so close enough. Sure. But yeah. um, but it's just a cool example, guys. I'm not saying bid on it. It's not. Definitely. It's not even about the, the the value of the card itself. It's a cool looking card with a cool you know multicolor patch, LeBron. And if you want to take a look at what the slab itself, well, slab, uh, the, the packaging of the card looks sure. like after it's sealed, it's pretty cool. You know, it's very clean. Black, white, gold. Maybe Thank you. Pretty clean. My favorite colors. Not to get ahead of ourselves, uh, when do you guys ex want to have the slabs rolled out by? You know, so that's a, that's a great question. Um, I would like to put a tentative date out there of July 1st. Uh, 2021 or 20 yeah of this year 2022 so yeah hopefully in the next uh, six to eight months um, that we're going to be um, you know slabbing here in office and and that's that's what we'll uh, that's what we'll be you know rolling out with full time once we start that let's add some value so when we talked to KK maybe like a year ago Cage remember he said mm -hmm. something surprising 96% of the Soto Tops Chrome were getting PSA 10s. Remember? He had yep. that data. Yeah, like 93 or something. Yeah, about high amount. Well, really high. Yep. You guys are fortunate because you're on the ground floor, right? You get to see what is trending before it's trending. You're, yeah. I would what say. Do you, what are you so saying? I, so I was going to say, I'm, I'm in charge of the grading here. Um, just, I, you know, every card that comes in, I, I basically get eyes on at some point. Um that is probably the best part of my job. First of all, I get to see some amazing, amazing cards, museum pieces that, you know, few people in the world are, are lucky enough to see right. rather than, you know, rather than hold in their hands and things like that. You might not even know it exists, right? Like how Correct. many cards do we know? Like, Correct. Yeah. There, there are some, there are some cards that you couldn't even put a price on, right? If you wanted to, they just don't, you know, they don't, they don't work like that. Um, so that, you know, from, from a historical standpoint, um, that's really cool, you know, getting to see all the pre-war um, cards, things like that, the super rare stuff. Um, I really enjoy. Um, from a, you know, I'm, I'm just a hobbyist in first and foremost. And so the, uh, you know, I've been able to kind of use that knowledge, like you said, the trends and, and seeing what people are sending into grade, um, how they're grading out, you know, how the sets are straight from the factory, basically, you know, um, seeing if there's any set to stay away from based on condition, 
things like that. Um, I kind of get all that inside information um, just being in the on the in the grading room, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, like you said, lots of tens um, on those Sotos. I know the 2020 Topps Chrome is extremely clean, like the mosaic color, you know, from 2019 versus the base and, you know, trips and, you know, tips and tricks like that um are, are something what about that, what's coming in what do you see a lot of coming in coming in for review you see a lot of you know is it mostly basketball is it pokemon you see star wars cards are people we, sending in a lot of like instant cards what do you see we do a lot of everything um we don't you know we don't just do sports cards we we do pokemon magic the gathering we do Yu-Gi-Oh, metazoo all the new stuff um i think i would say obviously the 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 big Majority of the cards are rookie cards uh, in some capacity, whether it's first Bowman or a true rookie card, um, prism rookies, base, stuff like that. Um, you know, we don't get a whole lot of just vet base, which is nice. Um, I think people will kind of understand that it's got to be at least worth $10 card to, you know, pay to get $10 review. Uh, we get a lot of right now, we've been getting a lot of football, uh, obviously football season, um, a lot of football. <laughs> A lot of the young quarterbacks, this new young quarterback class, people like. So we've been seeing a bunch of Justin Fields and uh, Mac Jones, a bunch of those Don Russ. And, you know, just it, 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 we I would say we typically see product right as it comes out, which is awesome. Um, but I wouldn't say, you know, we're a microcosm of the hobby. So we kind of just see it all, uh, which is which is awesome. What do you collect, Jason? I personally, I, I, my PC, I would say is, uh, is Nolan Arenado. Uh, I was a big Rockies fan uh, nice. living in the area. Yeah. And, uh, so I've got, I've got a big Nolan Arenado PC, but I am, again, I'm just in the hobby. So I'm always buying and selling, uh, whatever I can get my hands on. How come the Rockies buy, buy never some Hilton, Buy Helton stuff. Helton stuff. Man, if he doesn't get in this year, he'll get in soon. Larry Walker opened up the uh, opened up the floodgates a little bit, so he I think the cores the cores you know hold him down because the they play the cores. Right. Helton's the guy; he's got to get in. So. He's got to get in. I agree. Cage, how come the Rockies never win? Oh man, we don't have to go there. <laughs> hard to pitch there. It's really it's hard, hard to pitch. There. The ownership's ridiculous. It's really hard to pitch there, and then you know they don't when they open their when they open their 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 purse up they open up the checkbooks it never seems to be for the right player and when yeah. they have the right player they don't seem to open up the checkbook like the, i remember they signed mike hampton to right. like a huge contract you know what i mean right. we're going way back right. um you know so so and someone like arenado you know and now, now they're paying him to play in st louis right it doesn't make they're sense they're paying him and he's playing somewhere else i mean it happens yeah. right i mean it, it happens to the best of the team it doesn't seem to happen to tampa that often, you know, no, it doesn't yeah. seem to happen to like Houston that everybody. often, right? Right. But Cage loves Tampa. Cage is I do, man. Disown his Yankees for the Rays. They, oh, they just do everything right. They just make I every right move. And that Franco kid is electric. He's unbelievable. Yeah, and even Here's that, they did a right move with him, signing him. Here's they signed him until yeah. he's yeah. you know early thirties. You know, great, great team friendly. And but and mark my words, they are going to trade him. With like three years left on the contract, it's going to be a huge trade chip because even at the end of his yeah. contract, He'll he's going to be in his prime, and he's right. going to someone's going to get three years of him at fifteen million a year, and the average contract for somebody like that's going to be sixty by that right. time, especially ten years from now. Right. Yeah, so right. so they'll they'll be able to retool their entire team based on moving him, and they will have already gotten eight years of his play. So it's right. going to they're just smart, man. Loaded anyway, yep. so they're just right. very smart in what they do. So you're you're in Dallas, yes, sir. I love Luca, but he looks. I'm curious what your oh, take on. on he the thinks map. he looks fat, by the way. And he says he's out of shape. I said he's out of shape. 
I think he's out of shape too, but he's too damn good for it to matter. It's he's just one of those guys where he's so good. And I, I say that, but like obviously I think he uh he's probably he probably is a little out of shape. Does it worry you that his his season high is only thirty three points? And like, that sounds hilarious to say. I know, right? right? It, it, and that's that's the that's the thing is like you know I want to I want to get worried that his season high is thirty three, but it's like man, you know how many guys in the NBA would kill to go score thirty three as their season as their career and he, high, right? Like, and how he does it, he he like he's, dude, he gets in the paint and then he like he just does like this easy little floater. He's and then he yells at the refs. He's such, he's a funny guy. Like Luke the way that he can control his body is some you know he can he uses his body in the league like a guy who's been in the league for ten or fifteen years. It's unbelievable. So Jason, Jason yeah. Kidd, you happy with the hire? I love Jason Kidd. Um, I, you know, he was a Mav for their title run in 2011. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm all on board. I'll give him, I, I think it's a good move. Um, I think it's probably a move to recruit other stars to get, you know, to play around Luca. Um, I think the, the players run NBA teams these days. I think the, you know, the old X's and O's coach um, is just, that's, that's the old NBA. Um, I think these guys want guys that they're friends with. And I think kid understands that a little bit more. Um, so I kind of like the move for for the Mavs, but uh, I'm hoping they it pays off and they can get you know another another big guy in here pretty soon to play with those two guys. Cuban, I was listening to uh, All the Smoke with uh, Kevin Garnett. Yeah, and, and it was it was a cool episode because I didn't realize this till he said it. Like Cuban's one of those owners that really takes care of his culture. Like a lot of people don't realize, uh, most of the players that played in the last like ten years are somehow still associated with the organization. Like yep. Michael Finley, who's like a Dallas legend. People don't even know how good Michael Finley was. He was great. Uh, he's in like the front office with now. So it's right. it's interesting the culture they've built there. It is. And and Dirk is obviously a, another great example of that, um, how they were able to keep him for his entire career. And then now, obviously, he works in the front office and is working with those guys as well. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Cuban's a great business mind. Um, there's obviously no debating that. Uh, Mavericks games are always sold out. I, I hope they can, I hope they can fund another team to make a serious title push, though. At least during while Luca's still here. <laughs> Let me. So, how do I put? I called Cage this morning and I said, "Man, if you really respected um, people in the hobby, I did like big story sales this weekend. You know, twenty thousand dollar card here selling. You know." Freeing up what I thought my take was liquidity for, you know, the holidays, you know, sure. a, a lot of guys, you know, they have, they, they, the hobby's been good to them, especially like the high end cards. Right. So, you know, they're, they're taking some money off the table, right. Taking some profits. W- what are you seeing? You know, are, are you worried about the hobby? Are you optimistic? What, what are you, the conversations going on like behind the scenes? If you could privy us to that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not worried about the hobby. Um, if I'm if I'm being honest, I'm just somebody who believes um, that, especially high end cards like the you know some of the ones that are selling for tens and twenty thousands. I think those cards are pretty safe for you know the the future moving forward. I think the blue the blue chip stuff, um, the Jordan PSA tens, the the Brady rookies, you know the contenders Brady's um, stuff like that is is probably untouchable at this point uh, for the general public i think a lot of i think that's why we're going to see a lot of the fractional um ownership of those of those museum pieces the blue chip stuff 
um, just because of you know 100 ownership of those big cards is just is just out of the question for a lot of people um, i think the fractional space is really interesting and i think it's going to be a really good thing for the hobby um, in terms of driving people that maybe don't consider cards as an investment or you know um, kind of are more familiar with traditional investing maybe the stock market things like that um, i think it's an easier way to jump in um, for those people who, you know, say, I'm not going to go spend a hundred thousand dollars on a, on a sports card, but I'll spend a thousand dollars on a share in a fund that has, you know, the a hundred thousand dollar value. And then to hold that over time, I think, um, kind of brings sports cards, um, into the light of that almost art realm of, Hey, this is a, an alternative investment, um, that over time you, you will see a return on. Um, and I think that the fractional apps, um, the fractional ownership apps like Collectible um, and Rally, those those ones are are some of the ones that I've started to pay attention to, um, not necessarily from a day trading perspective of like, hey, I'm going to buy a share today and I'm going to sell it tomorrow, but hey, I'm going to you know you know start buying some of these shares, put them away, and just hold on to them, um, and then over time as I need money out, stuff like that, um, sell those off. But I think it is a is a really good way for people to get into in the investing side of the hobby. Um, but as far as the overall market, no, I think, uh, I, I would not say I'm very worried about that. Um, I know you guys are business guys, right? The guys behind the scenes inflation. What, what, any conversation about that? Like, uh, that, that's a big topic on people's mind you could pass cause it's like a macroeconomic question, but it's, it has been in culture and, uh, and in you know, CBC and stuff. So I would say. I think, you know, in the last 18 months, just kind of back us up just a little bit. Um, I think we saw cards that were overinflated um, sell, you know, for for ridiculous numbers, crazy numbers. Um, and then I think we saw, you know, in the last six months, almost those, you know, those crazy prices come down and, and kind of find their, you know, stable stability point. Um, I don't know if that was, you know, I would say it was probably overinflation at, you know, a year ago. Um, I don't necessarily think the hobby's crashing, like when those cards are realizing kind of normal prices again. Um, I would say there's still like long-term investment opportunities uh, all over the hobby. Uh, I think there's a lot of a lot of opportunities still out there. And if, you know, say we're in the second or third inning of the nine inning ball game, if you will. Um, but I would say, you know, the inflation, um, of certain cards and things like that. I think a lot of people have gotten hurt on because as they get into the hobby, as these cards were overinflated, you'd buy in at the at the peak, if you would. Um, and then, you know, the card would kind of settle back to their normal price and people would have to get, you know, people would take a loss on those. I'll ask this. I, I, I don't know if you have a take on this. It'll be my final question, Cage, unless you have anything. I want to hear, I want to hear. Uh, well, this sounds morning, like I, intriguing. Well, this morning I, I asked you to uh, to pull up the pop count of two cards. Do you remember what they were? Yes, the Lamelo Ball Prism Silver PSA ten and the Anthony Edwards Prism PSA ten Silver as well. So there's 250 approximately PSA tens of Edwards. Okay, and there's only 40 Lamelo. Yep. Same class, same pack. What's the deal? And I don't think it's uh, this isn't just PSA tens, but we could talk gotcha. about PSA. 
but just way less actually of the uh, Lamello silvers out there in general versus the Edwards. So this is something that kind of goes back to the, we get to see um, the new product right as it comes out, right? So I would have told you if we would have had this conversation, let's say even two weeks after Prism came out, I would have told you right away to stay away from the silvers from this year. And that's just because every silver that I've seen, um, or, you know, not everyone, but I'd say 95% of the silvers that we've seen come through, whether it's LaMelo, Anthony Edwards, LeBron, you know, you name it. Um, they have had surface defects, printing, you know, miscuts. Um, we've had a lot of off-centering issues. Um, the silver parallel from 2021 basketball, um, for whatever reason, is just not a clean parallel. Um, and so that's kind of one of those where as we see, you know, tons and tons of prism come through and we see that every silver is getting, you know, we're failing every silver as far as a nine or a better grade goes. Um, it's one of those that, you know, in my head, I'd think, hey, you know, stay away from prism silvers or the opposite is if you see a prism 10, buy it because it's going to be low pop. You know what I mean? And that's just because of the the way that the, the set was printed. And um, unfortunately, the factory mistakes that were you know missed by the by panini or whoever um i would say that the difference in the lamello and the anthony edwards probably has to do with where they fell in the set um, when those cards were being cut at panini um as far as like lamellos maybe be, might be a little bit more off-centered um and so you know the ones that can even squeak a nine or a ten are you know five times less available than the Edwards or whatever it may be. Um, but I would say overall Prism Silver from 2020, 2021 has not been very good. Cage, you called this. You said the, it's going to be that bell curve, right? Yep. After Luca and Zion Silver years, which is like 2,500 Silver Lucas. Yep. Yeah. Which, which I don't even think you could call Silver Rare anymore no. for those years, right? That's a base card in my opinion. Right. Um, and people are going to come from my neck. But then right. you, you go and drop off, right? So you have Luca 2,500, Zion 2,500, PSA 10s, and then Lamello 40. 40. For now. For Remember, now. No, you know, even that silver, I mean, listen, you would think if you had a silver page? 10, you would good grade that for 150 bucks because, you know, right. they're selling for $3,000 plus. Right. So, right. so where does um, that pop go, Cage? 100? No, it'll be more than that when all is said and done. There's still a lot of unopened product of that. There's still a lot of the. I mean, there are people who, believe it or not, still haven't graded that card. Right. You know, they're waiting for a regular to open, or you know, they're waiting right. to send it in in a larger thing. There are people who have them, you know, raw. Um, you know, people who sent them to another grading company that will eventually take it out and put it right. in PSA. There'll be a couple hundred of those tens. Although the added wrinkle of what Jason's telling you is that. They're going to be pretty upset. In addition to them being closed in a higher price and grading, which was the reason I was talking about the bell curve, that it's it is one of those infamous condition sensitive sets that we like to read about. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And, and that that one will now be when you know when when looking back, the silvers from that year will be something that people look at because you know right. not only will the PSA have been closed, but the ones that are getting graded are not going to grade well because of all the, the factory issues. Right. Right. So it's funny. We did a post, and when we did this post, I was like, obviously the silver. We did. What would you rather have? Ten Edwards base or one Edwards silver? And it's a great. That's a great question. So my so kind of going back to touch about how I feel about moving forward in the hobby and like investing in things is I would not 
by either of those options, right? I think that cards are just moving towards serial numbers um, and on-card autographs being the, the end-all be-all of the rarity, um, if you will. I think that a base card in a 10 that's a low pop is still a base card, if that makes sense. It's still widely printed. And obviously, I think for these, I think more for these ultra modern sets that are going to continue to come out and be printed like crazy. Um, I think the the argument being that the serial number has a finite population. Um, it will always be, you know, rare by definition. Whereas the, um, you know, the base, you know, you know, you're kind of, you're kind of manufacturing that that scarcity, if you will, by assigning the grade, um, and it just kind of you know, take, it, it, it raises the question, is it actually rare or is it just scarce because of the grade? Um, to answer your question, if I had to pick one, I would pick the silver. Um, I would just prefer the silver. I think it's rare. I think the, the margins would be better over time um, on one silver than 10 base, but um, that just is my preference. And it's also a lot less work to try to sell one silver than 10 base. So I would, uh, I would go about it that way. I have an idea, and someone's already doing this. Uh -oh. but you guys are in Texas, so um, you could you you could you, you could pull this off. No tax, right? Sure. So let's say because let's here's the thing, man. Base has its place. Totally. I'm just that, that should be a shirt, Cage. Base Remember, has that's its patented. place. As of today, that's patented. So no more of your right. drone going and taking our Instagram names. <laughs> that's right. Cardboard relevant was ours, and then you poached it. So <laughs> base has its place. So you open a pack, you get all these base cards. Maybe two years ago, you're pumped, right? You're like, this Absolutely. is a nice hit. Now you don't really know what to do with it. Absolutely. So let's say they send it to Dallas Card Investors and you guys review it and you say, mm, not worth slabbing. We could, we'll grade this. We'll, we'll do our, our, our uh, pre-grade. Sure. You can vault it for them, right? And I went on your guys' website. You guys have an awesome website. You could create Thank a little you. little mini marketplace for all these base cards. People say, just keep it there. Uh, I'm not going to slab it, you know. But now you could create this form of exchange where people – because wh where do you go now to sell your base cards, right? You, you have Starstock, good option. Okay. eBay, not a good option not for base option. cards because you could return them. Where do you go? What do you right. do with these base cards? I, I truly don't know. This is a question for you, Jason and Cage, and then we'll wrap. Yeah, I um, I was going to say Starstock is probably the best option if you're really looking to move a lot of volume um, for, you know, over time, obviously. I think that if you if you're able to get them all your, in, in, you know, inventory and they can get it all on there for you, that's the best platform in terms of getting eyes on it all. Um, ComC is another one of those. Um, they you know, both of those sites do very well. Um, that is an interesting, I know, I know that Starstock kind of has their, um, their A rating, um, yep. kind of will review the the condition of the card for you. I think that brings a little bit of a premium based on just a raw card. Uh, if I'm, if I'm correct on that, I don't, I'm not ultra familiar, but, um, I know that that is something that would be interesting for us is to, you know, have that DCI graded, right. Know, like a label or it, what, that kind of like Starstock does, um, that'd be that'd be really interesting. Is to create a marketplace for reviewed raw cards. Correct. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. I guess for me, I just stack my base cards and stacks in my in my at my house and and try to find you know pull out the ones when they become valuable. Um, 
But yeah, well, hey, let's let's give them to kids around the holiday. Who cares? Right. That's that's honestly that's the best way to do it. Cage. Yeah, man. I mean, that's a, that that is the question because it used to be everybody knew what they were doing with their with their stuff. Everybody knew what they were doing. You know, right. they were gonna go great. It. You're the so bull king. Cage, another one. I'm I'm on fire. This this episode is a sham because you haven't dropped a single movie quote since the first quarter. But <laughs> you're, the, you're you're the bulk god. You're the bulk king. The bulk god. So. Are you making fun of me? Are you calling me? No, no no, 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 no. This was not a weird <laughs> joke. This was a market opportunity joke. You used to tuck I'm them that bad. I'm just big bound. So I do have to. Uh, quickly plug our TikTok and, and Connor, our social media guy does a great job for our TikTok. Um, you can plug it. If you do one of the dances, I need a Charlie D'Amelio dance out of you right now. Back up. Why do you know culture so no, much, dude? Go. Do a little, do a little, do a little. He's got um, it. I'll do he's it for you. It. Absolutely. He's got the dance. He's rocking hey, and rolling. I, I, I want to say they do a great job. And if you're interested in watching um, a million card bulk lot, we actually sold um, a million, a million singles. Um, wow. In about one two, weeks ago, uh, two weeks ago to a local guy who came to our office and, and loaded up his truck and, and took them all away. So that, that was about five years of uh, collecting and just ripping wax and cases and putting them in our warehouse to, uh, you know, hopefully, a, a, you know, grow in value over time. And we'd go back through and pick them out every so often, but we, it got to the point where we found a buyer and he came and picked them up. And so we made a big TikTok and threw it on there. And, uh, if you ever, if you want to go see a million singles getting picked up in one lot, uh, it's on there. So a million, yeah, a million, a million cards. It was crazy. A million of anything is interesting. That's you exactly know, having right. a million of anything in in one spot is That's definitely right. is interesting. It is. It was uh, it was overwhelming. <laughs> well, because those monster boxes they hold five thousand cards, right? And that right. because it's the big one, right? A thousand five right. row these big boxes, and they weigh a lot of they weigh a lot of they you know, so they're heavy, heavy as hell, right? Yeah. So you're getting two of those is ten thousand, twenty of them a hundred thousand, two hundred of those boxes to get to a million cards. Like, that right. is. I mean, what do you, you send the guy away with a container? Did he come up with an eighteen wheeler and just like pull? Yeah, up, he know? had a. Uh, it was crazy. He had a, just a monster pickup truck, but we literally loaded like the back Texas all case. the way full, you know, floor ceiling, and then all the cab. Yeah, exactly. So, it was crazy though. So no yeah, Ford truck. This is what yeah. Ford's meant to. It's meant the whole. That's the uh, that's the way to move your bulk if you can if you can find a local buyer who can come and pick it up for you. <laughs> a pickup I... truck with a million cars rolling down the right. highway. I could just see it that's now, right. right? Stopping off, and you know, so some drive through, you know, like. that's right. <laughs> Texas Roadhouse, um, a little barbecue, nice. I almost canceled this interview, I didn't tell you this, Jason. Oh man, so well, it's because Jason he saw you this morning and he's like, I can't do it. You know, well, Cage, I always have to be the most handsome person on there. Well, I saw man, Jason's page and I can't do it. That's what he's all He said he's excited. Now I know you guys are busting the ball. <laughs> he's, he's excited to be on the Luca Tiger LeBron podcast. You know, we're friends, we're friends from afar. But then I saw your little avatar was uh, an NFT. That's right. Like, this guy's a disgrace to the hobby. Oh, I'm no. Like, yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> terrible. I mean, NFT is oh, the no. worst. Well, how did you? <laughs> if you guys can't pick up the sarcasm, I, I hope you. Because I'm laying it on real thick. Yeah. That's how right. did you get into <laughs> NFTs? What's What's your take on NFTs? Uh, just Man, as a whole. Uh, honestly, I am not. I am not the uh, the the foremost expert on cryptocurrency or uh, NFTs, things like that. I enjoy them. Um, the reason that my profile picture is a sloth uh, on Twitter is because, from my understanding. Um, 
the sloth nft project was the the hobbies uh, the hobbies own project and then and so it was something that uh people who were on card twitter and um you know the like were buying up and so i i snagged one and just to kind of join join the crew on that you know um it was not a speculative investment i think i've lost you know all the value out of it already but um <laughs> that is my that is my sloth uh avatar so um i'm all i'm all about that i'm all about the sloth but as far as nfts go i'm 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 not i'm not a big uh risk taker on nfts i'm i'm more about the cards <laughs> so Guys, giveaway, follow DC, D Card Investors on Twitter. Follow us. You should be Luca Tiger Braun on Twitter, right here on the screen on YouTube. Um, Cage had a great idea. And if you would accept, you're kind of the inaugural guest. Uh, sure. So we, we started a Luca Tiger NFT that's a little different than like the sloth NFTs because uh, we're, we're actually public facing personas. You know, we show up every day and uh, we, right. we run this podcast and network. And we want to do something cool where we give our, the people that come on our show as guests a tiger. So oh. if you would accept, I would love to airdrop you a Luca Tiger NFT. Oh man, absolutely, absolutely. I'd love, I'd love one. Um, that's awesome. Thank you. It's not speculatory, but no, as long as Paige and I are alive, it's, it's not, not going to go to zero either. That's right. It will never be worth zero. Not as long yeah. as we are alive. Not as that's long awesome. as there's breath in my lungs. Tiger. <laughs> The upside of the tiger relies on one thing, and that's Cage not ordering Uber Eats seven days out of the week. It's New York, though. Sometimes yeah. twice a day. Yeah. Well, sometimes twice a day. <laughs> and sometimes from places that are like three blocks away from me that I could walk to and pick the food up. But I, I don't care. All the uh, all the NFT the backers, all the uh, the community is going to be like, hey, our community fund. It's just all it's, Uber Eats receipts. It's like, all, what's going on here? Yeah. No, I, what he's trying to say is, you know, I got to stay lo- alive long enough to maximize everyone's investments. You're uh, the that's exactly right. right. You know, so, that's exactly uh, right. But I mean, listen, I I would rather live to seventy five and eat as much Chick Fil A as I can than eighty two and not be able to have Chick Fil A. I'm, right I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, right I'm the worst. You know, I like I like barbecue. I'm you right know, there. I'm have right. some oh, barbecue. Man. You come down to Dallas and take care of you sometime. That's it. Yeah, set it up. A little brisket. A little brisket That's done right. the right way. Not like right. Jewish brisket, Andrew. That's not what I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm not talking about like the 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 the, the other yeah. but the cardboard they serve at uh, at that. Time. I'm talking about like real like barbecue brisket. A little okay. cornbread on the side. That's oh. right. No, no, no. no I'm, dude, I had great brisket here in Tulum, so I'm with you. Uh, and it's even more delicious when you cut it up the next morning and put sunny side up eggs. Yeah. Right. Well, yes. So but when fun. you put the salsa on it, it just threw it right out the window. You're not supposed to do that. I know it's too good. No salsa. Pico de gallo. <laughs> no pico de gallo. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Hello. Mole. Jason, are you, are you always from Texas? I am. Yes. Yeah. Uh, originally. Yeah. I'm originally from Dallas. Uh, by way of Colorado. Yep. By way of Colorado. And then uh, back in Dallas now. So. Nice. I'm going to Vail uh, next in 10 days That's for awesome. a little family trip. Yep. Awesome. So, you know, just when I think he couldn't do anything more dumb, he goes and does something like that and totally redeems himself. Are you going to go skiing? <laughs> Snowboarding. <laughs> snowboarding, yep. Oh, I taught myself snowboarding. So you like act like that, like that tough, but the first two days are misery. They're miserable. Yeah, they are. Have you ever hurt your tailbone and your bum so much? You know, you know LeBron's injury. 
The gluten yeah. ring? I mean, That's your first you know, two days. First I week did spend before. three years in prison. I know about terrible yeah. injuries. All right. Mm-hmm. Let's rock. Let's cap it. <laughs> awesome episode. Guys, we love you. <laughs> Take care, everybody. This episode of Lucas, Tigers, and Bronze was brought to you by Hybrid Grading Approach. Take it from someone who has personally submitted thousands of cards for grading. HGA slabs just hit different. They're top of the line and color coordinated to match the card itself. The aesthetics are unrivaled in the industry. When paired with the ease of submission and the transparency of the pricing model, HGA stands alone as the best choice for grading your cards. I believe that once you try them out, you will agree. Thanks for listening, Luca Nation. Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Lucas Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um, do us a favor and like, subscribe. Ah, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.